Good day, good morning, good afternoon. The title of the Dharma talk today is Fear-Based Authority. We talked about, I think it was Benevolent Authority, is that the title of it? So we'll go the other direction a little bit, you could say, to describe it. Fear, the pushing and pulling, the authority, the finger pointing that is based on fear might not look like fear at all, no, but it starts out with the little tiny oligarchs in your mind stream. The Yogacharans would say in the seventh consciousness that I better not do that. That's not going to work. You need to get a handle on that. How many times have you lectured yourself? I should. All you have to do is say I should. It's not that that's incorrect, but it is. Uh, it can be obstructive. It can be aggressive if it is not based on some kind of clarity about what you're even addressing. And that clear, that lack of clarity starts with thinking there's a solid identity that can win or lose. If that's there, then there's gonna be fear. So sometimes people that are very sweet and kind and helpful are actually operating out of, of an inner authority that is based on fear. And that fear may be cover up, covered up and be given some temporary, you could say even say artificial safety by how, what do we say? I got this, yeah, this is no problem, I can handle this. When actually uh, you're doing it, but you're doing it with a, a layer of aggression and even finger pointing that is keeping you from looking at the fundamental situation you're in, which is fear. We sometimes cover it up with hope, that's the other. difficult to understand why well, you couldn't have hope. Of course, you should have hope. A little bit. You should have a little bit of fear. Otherwise, something will bite you coming out of the dark. So a little bit. But I, I don't have to go into any description of our world, our society, to see that of all the authority that is out there is based on fear of losing control, fear of being uh, swamped by this or that, uh, fear of being at the bottom of the, of the uh, ranking system, whatever that may be in whichever culture or system you're in, including the Masonic Lodge, including the military. Military is very, very much fear-based and control, control authority, fear-based authority. It might be really polished over by centuries and centuries of tradition or a few hundred years of tradition, as I sometimes refer to the uniform code of military justice, which I lived under for four years. So I know what that is like. I managed to not get caught. So therefore I didn't go to the brig or the jail. So I did bad things. What did I do bad? We won't go into that. But suffice it, suffice it to say, because of the fear of losing control, and this can be projected on anything, if you question this at all, people will immediately, I would, take you into, well, we can't let our guard down. What about the anything from the Russians to the Chinese to the whoever, the, the current uh, enemy in power? And then if anyone in the organization that we're in, say that our government, tries to reach out and tries to work with others, then the, the 
the uh, the concerns about aligning ourselves with something that would might take advantage of that because that will be perceived as what weakness. I know my stepfather once told me never apologize. That's weakness. I have a feeling there's other people in the world that have been given the same instruction. And even I say apologize once because if you look at the very nature of apology, if you do it too much, you're trying to get something out of the person rather than actually sincerely say, sorry, I, I was mistaken. I misunderstood what was happening. Therefore, I may have caused you some difficulty. I apologize. And do not wait to be forgiven because that's the other end of it. It's a, it becomes a transactional, various levels of transactional stuff going on in the world. Some of it's really intense. Some people only operate that way. And they start out by lying to you. That way it sets the scene for they get to transact however they want. We do that somewhat to ourselves. So the, the basic issue there seems to be the unexamined or unexamined belief that there is someone who is in danger. There is someone who needs protecting. There is someone, there is someone. You could say, or you could say that, of course, we're just go down through history and you can see where if people didn't protect themselves, the enemy would have won or something. Probably would have. So the idea here with this talk is to help you not to go into the political area. That's kind of obvious to went there. It's all based on fear, control, control. And this even shows up in, in the Tibetan uh, Zen, uh, Soto Zen, Rinzai Zen and so on. The macho, just kind of an assumption. It's just an astonishing assumption in a way of trying to get control of others. Uh, even if it's the senior monk getting control of the junior monks. By, and and even striking people like when you was just talking about when, when we were young or when we were born, we were probably held up in the, in the like a pig, um, not like a pig, but like a, an upside down baby and whacked because they thought you could not breathe without help. Isn't that what it was? Did you all know that? That's what they did with children a long time ago. I don't think they do that now. Does anyone know? I don't know. So it's the idea that we need to interfere, intervene, uh, intercept anything that's going on that looks just a little bit too casual for our what our fear-based mentality that is protecting what and, and the illusion of a self that is somehow threatened because we somehow think that we need to control everything. You didn't control getting here. I mean, unless some people say, well, yeah, I talked to my guides and they said I should come for another incarnation and learn about Narcissism, maybe. So this will probably be a pretty flat talk. <laughs> you guys ask me some really hard questions, yes, sir. Chien I was wondering how we can work with understanding authority when it seems so connected with 
of fear, acting out of fear? Yeah, I think, I think uh, as students of the Buddha's Dharma, as meditators, then I think we need to do it as much as possible with awareness. And that might not, that might not take care of that fear. Uh, in other words, do away with it. It might be more fearful, more scary, or more challenging, or we might feel more threatened by experiencing a fear rather than finding something to shut down and something or could control that area that seems to be uh, what triggering the fear. The fear is already the case. Somebody the situation doesn't come along and dump that into you. Go ahead. What um, what does what does authority arise out of when it's not coming out of fear? Yes. If it's if if one is a living being, which we are, uh, then you would it would be a, a, a situational and it would be conditional and one would see because one has seen what this is and is no longer at war with life and death success and failure up and down, back and forth, any of the polarities, one is no longer looking for a success, uh, then uh, one just functions in terms of what arises and goes away. And when I say in terms of some, some situation needs your support or your help, you just, you see it and you help. Another situation to the untrained or the self-centered mind might look similar, but actually to go in that direction would be too quick, you'd be interfering sometimes called trying to raise your child. Not picking on you particularly, but quite often we go in and meddle with, with someone who's trying to learn what it is to be a living being. And they're not allowed to because we're, uh, either we don't want to lose, lose control. Well, what if this happened or what if that happened? So we do it with awareness rather than with some kind of concepts, ideas, structures that uh, uh, help protect us from the unknown. Go ahead. Meddling seems so um, impulsive. One that you pointed out that I hadn't noticed is you said don't don't have Rumi's reactions for him. So if someone gives him something, and I kind of feign excitement for him, yeah. it's taking that away from him. So it's often, called stealing, by the way. You often say <laughs> just observe. I do. In those cases where we're actively meddling, should there be more activity to? soften that uh, deliberate softening is still a kind of meddling because it's based on, on conditions <laughs> on, and on, on results but just if you just function out of the situation you're in you'll feel kind of lost if you feel kind of lost then you're pretty probably on a very similar fre uh, frequency to your two-year-old he feels pretty lost too but he's picking up from you the way he's going to see the way you function and, and we'll, we'll imitate you notice it already all you have to do is say a long word. He, he repeats it. So look out. <laughs> He's coming. For more, that's a very good area to, to ask, discuss even, it. Even right. not in that area, just if in the context of Sangha, it just seems that um, if anything seems like it's not supporting our belief or my belief, I fall into a fear-based yeah. mentality of trying to control that. And I'm just wondering, um, is there, is there an alternative? Is there actually something that could be done differently? Well, perhaps, but the important thing about that would be to train your mind so that you can see the forms uh, that are rising and falling and notice your, that your relationship to those uh, could be, some of those could be triggering fear. And when that does uh, 
when it when something does occur that triggers some kind of uneasiness or fear or insecurity around something, it'll, it generally will arise without necessarily it being obvious that that was the trigger. Because you because the mind is so quick to uh, come with a cover up about 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 this must be this must be. Uh, we we the open dimension the open spaciousness of thought patterns uh, needs to be looked into without abandoning them for a conclusion about them. <clears throat> so it's just a matter of continually return to the cushion, return to the study, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, over and over again, use this uh, form to continually train your mind to see what is true, what is, what is actually true, and what is uh, based on hope and fear. Go ahead. Is there um, a way to start to differentiate our, our preferences from the situation? Yeah, I, th I think well, you're. I think you're already doing that. You probably are doing that. On, if you're even at this talk, you're probably doing that on some level. Maybe you're doing it a lot. Maybe you're. Maybe you're. 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 Fear of what? Fear of being wrong. Fear of fear of looking bad. Fear of being criticized. Fear of <laughs> fear of any kind of failure. It, it can. It can get very subtle, and it's. It's not about getting rid of that. It's about just, I don't know how, how, how to say it without it sounding, you know, just impossible to do, but just let that ha let those emotions come. Let, let those, it's not even a letting, it's just don't abandon what is occurring in your life. I sometimes say don't miss your life for, for what you need to fundamentally see. You'll, you'll with almost, uh, not almost, but imperceptibly, you'll see your consideration and your fundamental caring for yourself begin to extend out to others. You'll see that there are no enemies anywhere. There's not even an enemy here. Just looks like it sometimes. It's uh, as Trungpa Rinpoche said in a very simple way, make friends with yourself. How do you do that? You, you look at that, you look at the lack of friendship deep in your consciousness. A sitting practice of meditation, studying with others, 90, receive 90% of the time from others and from your own mind stream. You know, it's just a, just a number. So go ahead. If, um, can you still be with, um, with your feelings and emotions while pointing to some subtle cause like, oh, it's the weather or it's. Sure. It's very simple. You're not, you're not. You're just you're seeing at the same time the, the feelings arise. You're, you see an, uh, a cause, so we're not getting rid of that. We're not trying to say don't look at that. Everything is without cause. We're not trying to get into some kind of uh, philosophy about it. Go ahead. It seems like for me that looking for cause will carry over into other interactions with people. And how how do I not do that? Just see yourself do it. And uh, it doesn't really have to come to an end. Nothing has to change. You just have to see it. But if you just see it, then causes and conditions uh, in one situation, it may totally vanish. It may go away because of the nature, the, uh, the fundamentally hidden nature of causes and conditions or pratitya samapada or uh, uh, dependent origination. You can only see some of it. You can just see some of it to know that eh, cause and effect is working. But all we catch is the simple form of cause and effect, which is 
the striker moves through the air and strikes a gong and produces a sound. So cause effect, cause effect. But it's it is a it's, to, to say that it's in a labyrinth is an understatement of that because that is happening everywhere in your your body and in, in the world, uh, in the woodwork, in the trees, in the ground. It's fundamentally cause and effect. This causes that, causes that, causes that. Quite a bunch of stuff. Sir. I've asked you a few questions about authority and preferences lately. And a few times you've turned it back to me and asked me how it looks. And I, a few times I've said confusing and you've encouraged to not leave that confusion. I have. And when looking at fear, it looks to have a similar texture to just confusion. So how can we function out of that confusion without it being fear? Don't set up standards for functioning. More. In other words, don't set up standards. And of course, I'm saying we might not be able to, sometimes those standards just arise out of dependent origination. But don't, what are the two types of uh, the prarabdha karma and sanchita karma? And I get them mixed up. Is a is my Sanskrit scholar here somewhere? <laughs> there he is. So in a few minutes here, we can ask him what the, but the one is the karma that comes out of just dependent origination, simply put out of your past. That's how your ears got to be this shape. You didn't have anything to say about this and you don't have anything to say about, but we try to, we, we have surgery or we have, or we, we don't like the way we are. So we do all kinds of, get an education or get a haircut or whatever it may be. So that's that's the kind that is uh, the kind that is showing up, and then we modify it, which is the other kind of karma where we step into it and try to manipulate things. I think that's Sanchita, but I'm not. Is that, do I have those correct, Chisho, or not? Chishobari. Uh, I know that Prabhupada means commenced or started. Something that has just been started, something that has just been just begun. That's what Prarabdha means. Uh, Prarabdha, yeah. Prarabdha means just begun or started, commenced. Uh, I don't know Sanchita. I'll go look it up. Uh, okay. Please look it up. And there's there's probably another kind of, the kind I'm trying to talk about. And as I said, I don't have a memory for that particularly. I'm saying the kind that brings you into this lifetime as a particular living being with particular past lives or a mother and father or causes and conditions that are totally beyond your say-so altogether. And then we look at that, and then because of the, the, the self-centeredness, we think, well, I, I don't care for this. I'm going to stop that, but I really like this over here. I'm going to try to get more of that. that we, we come out of what shows up out of the past, and then we begin to immediately uh, jump the gun and go into some kind of low-level or high-level manipulation of that situation. And if we get a little bit of success or a little bit of failure, then we add on to that. That must mean. That must mean. That doesn't mean anything. Of course, it means something, but it doesn't mean it in the way that we use to try to reaffirm our oligarchs. Yes. I feel like you earlier said, don't set up standards for functioning. And you recently had me function as the Eno, which I'm doing right now. And the first thing that comes up for me is that must mean that I have to function in a certain way. So I'm constantly looking for what that is. Mm -hmm. Good. That's how it feels to do that. 
but you know, it could be, uh, could be a little bit different for each person, you know, being in charge of the meditation, all the Zendo and in, in charge or, or the, the, the go-to person about how these forms are going to happen. Who says when this bell is rung and when that bell, when this sutra is chanted. So the several people in here have been through that over a six month period and, and everyone functions a little bit differently. Some people tend to modify things somewhat, some others don't. So I'm not sure. When I say don't set up standards, uh, you can't help but do some of that, but allow it to come out of your awareness. So there's no, so you don't have to, you don't have any doubt about it. If you have doubts about it, slow down, don't slow down. I do. Go ahead. So it seems like there's some maybe relative authority within that position, but it's not necessarily permission for me to do what I want with that. Yes. What is, what is authority in terms of responsibility? I, th I think if it's a, you're dealing with just a general relative situation, it's to uh, do the be best you can to take care of everybody, to respect the form that's there, the respect that people are endeavoring to train with all different kinds of minds or endeavoring to train their minds. Some people can come in here and sit here all day and we might think, oh, they're doing so good. Not necessarily. They might be miserable sitting here, but they don't know what else to do. Someone else can, uh, comes in and, and you just can't can't stay here or can't sit here all day or can't do a long, can't do a block sitting. And that's why I kind of changed the way we do, the way I teach block sitting to include people, try to include people where they're at. It's very hard to do sitting meditation. It makes me want to weep. It's very hard to sit still and watch the craziness of our minds come and go, come and go with no hope. Have you noticed? No hope and a lot of fear. Yes. How can authority function to support others? Be kind. There's, there's room for more there, but uh, that's all I have to say about that question. You want a criteria? That's it. Yes, go ahead. When we're actively not being kind, is there an endeavor to pull back from that? Well, you, you could, it's just a relative situation. If you noticed you kind of uh, been aggressive with someone, yeah, then you could, you could do that if that's what you're asking. Yeah. That's not about total hands off forever. I'm not saying that, I'm saying just a little bit, be reasonable. That's why Buddhism is called, often called the middle way, not too tight, not too loose. That doesn't create a lot of space for uh, the self-centeredness of the ego to get any kind of uh, uh, authority. And it's, quite often so open that you don't feel particularly protected. And that's the uh, path, path of awareness. Yes, sir. You frequently encourage us to not do anything unless we have to. Yeah. And I know what something I can see that I do is maybe continue being unkind to not meddle with that. Yes. So when is, when is it coming out of the awareness to change something? What do you think? You ever experienced that? Tell me about it. What's coming up for me is maybe around my diet where- You have a diet? Not now. Oh. <laughs> but it seems like we've set up, between me and you, we've set up some really strict forms at different times. And, and while I'm not particularly locking down on a form with it now, just having done it that way, I seem to not really need to think too much about certain things. I, 
might go to the store and, and not want to buy something that I did previously. It just it's obvious that that doesn't make me feel good. So I don't. That's an example. Sounds good to me. Any questions uh, on Zoom? So the other word you're using was samchitta and samchitta means accumulated or collected. So I imagine in the context in which you are using it, yeah, samchitta means what you're born with and prarabdha is what you are creating as you do things. Thank you. A little transcendental dyslexic, dyslexia. <laughs> well, everything is not two, so that's how I get off the hook. <laughs> everything is whatever. Go ahead, uh, Sogran. So Goran Bowing, who or what is the authority when we are sitting and facing the wall? Bowing. Uh, the authority is uh, is the the the, uh, the teacher. Sit down, hold still, just observe. That's that's the teaching, and that's coming from the teacher. So that's the authority. So if you're if you're holding still, then you're you're taking the, the recommendation of the teacher. You're you're, follow, you're you're being a student of that teaching, whether it's the Buddha or whether it's your your living teacher. Sit down, hold still, just observe, just receive, just receive. Give every. I say it this way: give everything your attention, whatever it is, no matter how uh, smelly or abrasive or difficult that emotion is that was triggered yesterday and is coming back again in your sitting session. Session. Just just observe. Because what the tendency is, of course, is to draw back into the, uh, the, the imaginary nature and, and think there's somebody who is being put upon or somebody who can't handle it or somebody, somebody, somebody. And so if you just, if you, you might watch that happen, you're observing that happening, you're receiving your inability, my word, not your word. Your inability to just, you just can't handle this anymore. You're going to have to get up and do something else. So that the authority is, uh, this is why it's so important. And depending on the tradition, some places is very highly emphasized. Remember the teacher. Remember the, te the words of a teacher. Especially ones that are very personal to you, that, that, that he, she, or they have responded to you and said, this is what you need to do. Otherwise, why, why, have, why have a teacher? If you're going to make it up on your own, not you, but anyone, just go ahead and do whatever you want to do. But it might be, might be a good idea to function as a student as much as you can. So when you're facing a wall, you're a student. Just receive. Receive the teacher. A wall is teaching you. The words of the teacher is teaching you. Everything is dependently arisen. Is words of the Buddha. The words use the words of other other teachers down through the centuries that have been able to take that basic understanding and and uh, reshape it so it's comes out a different uh, it's a different delivery system than just uh, the concepts from ancient times. Go ahead, Chisho. Chisho Bowing. Um, going back to the question uh, Chiazan was asking. Um, we just observe that the control arises whether out of fear or out of the situation. And you said nothing changes. Yet, if you're on this path, 
uh, it feels like something has to change, at least on the path. And I was wondering what changes on the path. Bobby. What changes? Uh, on the path that we are on, if there's yeah. awareness practice path. Yes. What what changes is uh, uh, it's going to show up differently for for each person uh, and might be described differently. That's why we have so people that have been on the path for a long time or that are are, are consider themselves or others consider them uh, teachers and they have students. Uh, probably going to be this understanding is going to be delivered in lots of different ways through different cultural filters, contexts, through combinations uh, such as this situation here. And uh, right and wrong is kind of beside the point. And so it's gonna show up differently. Uh, it's in this situation, it's probably the way I would respond to that question. And of course, I'm the only one that's here. So I have to be the one that responds. I can't respond for Punlap Rinpoche or Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche or anyone else. So I would say that it seems to be a lessening of the tension between polarities rather than the polarities going away. And uh, what uh, what goes away, if something does go away, it doesn't actually go away, but it is seen through. We see that there is no, the person we thought was threatened, the person we thought could get ahead, the person we thought was fearful uh, and needed to give them a lot of scolding to you. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't have done that. I don't know why I said that. How do I know this? I know it, I just, I'm old. And I've been looking at this mind and everybody else's mind that gives me permission for a long time. And I have endeavored not to come to conclusions because I've noticed over several dozen years that if when you conclude something, you can't, you stop seeing it. And so it takes a lot of uh, guts if there's an ego, but it takes a lot of uh, bodhicitta if there's just uh, a vow to just, you don't have to remain open, just stop closing up. You're already, you're naturally open all the time. We're all naturally, just like Rumi, naturally open to everything. And then we go about trying to figure out ways to get them to grow up. So less of the, of the, of the concern about someone who might be wrong or someone, the, the feeling of being wrong could be intense. You could still have the feeling of, so that may still be there. Karma hasn't gone anywhere. Cause and effect, you're still alive. You still have to um, get a haircut or perhaps not, or you still have to eat food and defecate and all the other obvious things. You have to do them. And, and you may, because of causes and conditions, there may be still be the appearance of a self or somebody that is aligned with this body-mind complex just because of the karma that brought you in here. But it's unreal. Notice I use a John Wayne voice when I said that. It's unreal. That's not really John Wayne. That's more like French hot tone without the French accent. Where's me? <laughs> you know French hot tone. No? He was, he was French. He, he lived back in the, he was an actor back in the forties. So, but to see that, to see, to begin to see that there's no self in the skandhas, the traditional way of saying it, there's no solid being. It's just an astonishing thing. And this is, this is your, I don't know how else to say it. This is your birthright. If you're born a human being, 
that's a, that, that is a, a, a possibility of living at the highest order, which is no self, no other. And then all there is is compassion. All there is is bodhicitta. That may manifest in a way that doesn't particularly fit your idea of compassion. Some, some uh, teacher barking at you and calling you names might not show up that way. But if you're a student and someone is your teacher and you've said, or you give them permission, then uh, receive. Give it your attention, no matter what they're doing, no matter how foolish. This is difficult because some teaching situations, some people who, who stumble into realization through no fault of their own, uh, find themselves saving all beings, starting with you. And that, that can show up in ways that relatively speaking, and most people aren't ready for this. And if there's nobody ready for it, then that person will just live and continue to uh, plant flower gardens. Go ahead. A question from Michael Reed. Should we fear death? Isn't life itself a gradual process of dying? Can't have one without the other. No. It seems like I relate to authority by vacillating to two extremes of resisting authority and then wanting no. wanting the authority to save me so I don't have to do anything. Is there another way to relate to authority? I'm sure there is. There's all kinds of ways, but you're doing what you need to do. Just continue. The, 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 the side of the mountain, whether you're 50 feet from the top or or 500 lifetimes from the top. It still looks like a mountain. Just climb, just continue to practice. All I'm saying is just practice, practice. Return to the wall, return to the teaching, return to the Buddha, return to the Dharma, return to the song, return, 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 return to that, return to that. So it may look, it may look great for a while, and then it'll fall apart, and then it'll, then the whole authority that dimension will change in this way or that way. So there's no, particular way it's going to show up, but it's probably going to show up until uh, you realize what this is, yourself. You're here. Most of the world is not on the path. Most of the world, even in spiritual traditions, uh, their path there is a path but it's more circular this is not a circular path therefore it's uh, there's not it's, there's not a lot of consolation in practicing this what is the most helpful way for me to relate to you as the teacher just receive ask questions like you just did and then just receive which was the answer now just receive it's just I'm doing the best I can to when I talk to you or when I function towards you, just, just receive as much as you can. In other words, be a student. Uh, however, and that's going to change as we go along. It can get more difficult depending on the causes and conditions that arise as your particular karma, your particular neurosis. I don't yell at you very much, do I? So you got a maid. These other some of these other people are miserable. 
always scolding people and yelling, pointing fingers. Why are y'all looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you say? Why are y'all looking at me? <laughs> Kozan's getting very self-conscious because I occasionally, I don't, I don't yell at her. I never, I would not, never yell at her, but I tell people that I yell at her, <laughs> which is even worse. <laughs> Toji Bowing. Yes, Toji. Is not having questions failing as a student? No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't crank up questions. I'm not. Uh, don't misunderstand that. I'm not. Not saying you should do that. Just if you're just receiving, then the appropriate question will show up. I mean, when I say appropriate, I mean the, the question that through receiving, eventually, just through receiving, just listening. Just considering what's being said, either in the book study uh, or in other people when they're discussing the material, as we do as a sangha when we study uh, um, uh, anything, when we study the the, uh, the thirty verses or study uh, the Shogo Genzo or whatever that. Yeah. So the, qu the questions may then the actual question that actually can that you're ready for that kind of a response, rather than your just trying to think of something to ask. The other uh, way of doing that, some of the texts, I think the Langavatara Sutra uh, talks of the interchange there is uh, where the, I think uh, the, the Buddha thanks the, the Bodhisattva for asking that question on behalf of others. I think there's other sutras where that particular structure shows up where the Bodhisattva, she already knows, but she asks, the Buddha on behalf of those who may not understand that. But that's another way of working with questions. Be with all things, dedicate your life to others, which are just as non-existent as you are. But that's a, that's a realization. That's not an opinion. You won't be, that's not a conclusion. You won't come to a conclusion that there is uh, sky. Uh, just stop ignoring it. watching someone's cat. Yes. Thank you, Bowling. Um, a minute ago, in response to Junshu, <clears throat> you said just keep going, that, that this path that we're on is not a circular path. What is the characteristic of this path? You could call it linear, uh, as long as we're here, standing in the dirt. It's It has a linear quality rather than rather than coming back and kind of going up. On the other hand, it's that image, this, uh, the circularity is also used as a, a metaphor for returning to where you started from and realizing that the starting situation and the beginning situation or the ending situation are not two different things. That where you were going, uh, you thought you were going somewhere else and you, you ended up where you were, which is exactly what you were looking for. It was. Another way of saying it, it's a Buddha in the palm of your hand. What you're looking for is in the palm of your hand. It's just saying that you are this. Uh, the jewel in the garbage, uh, the rubbish heap means look at the negativity that's arising in your mind stream and don't leap out of that into 
either blaming yourself or blaming your parents or blaming someone else or giving yourself a hard time for not seeing that this is untrue, adding to the, uh, the original uh, Trump room, which they called it double negativity. The first negativity comes up as we're not feeling so good. And then we add the other negativity onto it about how upset we are with not doing so well. So Grant. So Corinne Bowing, is there anything that we can't lose? Bowing. Well, you can lose your marbles. That's, that's a rough one. So to, to be sincere uh, in response to your question, I would just say that what is important, what, what is the fundamental nature of this situation, uh, you, you can't lose because you're not separate. From, you have to be separate from something to lose it. It has to be in somehow in danger. But what is real has been said way before I got here. What, what is real is, is not in danger. <clears throat> Who you actually are is not in danger. So if you if you're continually to align yourself with right and wrong, up and down, success and failure, and the body-mind complex that is that comes from who knows, beginning of time into this human realm, uh, that's the idea with the spiritual path is to realize your true nature. And if you realize your true nature, you still may be embodied. You, you may be a monk, you may not. You may be uh, working at uh, the latest uh, dollar store. Maybe it's unlikely, but it could happen. And you just are no longer at war with anything. You're no longer at war. You're no longer at peace. There's, there's, there's a, an hour's worth of Q and A in that area. You have it, but. <clears throat> I, I need, the way I get your permission to talk about something is you ask me about it. And that may sound kind of pretentious or something, I have no idea, but I, I don't know how else to do it. I, I don't do that, you you do this, I don't do this. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do this, I can't do this. I can't, I, I don't know what this is. You tell me what this is when you inquire, go ahead. You brought up something around permission before I feel where like an example would be someone would explicitly ask you for permission, like, please, please teach me, please be my teacher, but they're not actually giving you permission. Yeah. So where does the actual permission come from? Receiving. Receiving. You, you ask, I tell you, and then I can, I can see if you're receiving or not. I can see if you're receiving it. If you think you know what I said, you're probably not receiving it. I don't know what I'm saying. Why do you guys get to know? Don't know. It's, it's not that you don't know, but you don't know in the conventional sense of the polarity of knowing and not knowing. Of, now I got it. Oh, and I didn't have it, but I got it now. I'm never going to get this. What you get is a mundane path of success and failure or being educated and getting some kind of a, this is why they test. This is why the whole, that's why I don't, uh, uh, if this continues to go here and there eventually becomes a school here, which possibly I would like to see that, but there will be no tests. That's a misunderstanding about education testing. That's about control. It's not about respecting people's intelligence. It's putting everybody in, the, in one area. Uh, here's the concept, memorize it. If you can memorize it, you can repeat it. Of course, not always. There's other aspects to it, but excuse me, that's a big one. Go ahead. Can that not knowing include how we think we relatively understand it? Paraphrase that. 
can we both not know and see how we think we know? Yes. Again. Yeah, because then you're you you don't know, but you also see the confusion. So you see the clarity and the confusion, and it's not two, but it's not a it's not a it's not conclusive in the sense that <laughs> I got they got that done. That was a long, hard trip trying to understand that, but I finally got it. Where's my certificate? <laughs> Good one. More around that, especially. Or anyone else? Yes. Question from Ahmed Kali. Who? Ahmed Kali. Okay, Ahmed. Am I right that part of the path is about recognizing the space in which the different perspectives, which yield different truths about the same object, especially if they are contradictory? No. Next question. What is a com complete understanding? Complete understanding is where the question and the response are no longer two different things. There's no, there isn't anything else. Even though you're looking at this otherness all the time, uh, you're looking at people living in thousands of miles away on Zoom. You're looking at people that are in the um, meditation hall, the Zendo, and, but not separate. So nothing is separate. Everything it looks that it looks like it's a discrete situation is a is both that way and not. It's not too. And when I say it's astonishing, it's it's astonishing, but it's ordinary because even astonishing and ordinary are not two. War and peace are not two. Love and hate are not two. Red and green. Well, that's two. Red is not green. Green is not. But they're colors. <laughs> So yes, you you will just find that you you're no longer discontent with your with your perception. You're no longer looking for something else. Everything you see is the Buddha. Everything you see is awake. Everything you see, every everything you see is telling you is saying. If I were to put it into words, not not separate, not separate, not not separate. It's not saying that, of course, but you, because you see that it's not separate because you see yourself. So how could it possibly see separate if you can't see anything but yourself? You might say, well, isn't that kind of a high flutin kind of narcissism? Maybe. But even that's not separate. Yeah. Goes on. Um, I think the talk was titled Fear-Based Authority, was it? I think so, yeah. So um, you said it could show up lots of different ways, and you mentioned war and peace recently. I did. So a fear? Can show up as peace. You know, if we're ignoring fear, how can we how can we see the fear if we don't even know that's what's driving it? Just just watch the watch the forms in the mind. That's what the sitting practice of meditation. That's why we, we do everything we can to keep it as simple as possible, radical, minimalist, sit down and hold still call it meditation, call it anything, but we're not training the mind to do, to be something else. We're training the mind. The reason I say training is because you're sitting down and you're training your mind to, to watch how the mind functions, to see how you continually, you or me or anyone 
continually continually builds up some kind of a of a of a uh, problem a problem with something everything has some kind of a problem that everything is okay but this one thing needs to be fixed keep coming there it is nice bowing go ahead nice show when you answered Silkeren's question earlier, you said there was nothing to lose. How do we lose the war when there's nothing to lose, Alan? Yeah, you can't lose the war. That's that's losing the war. You realize you realize there was no war. <laughs> so nothing to lose. So you can't lose something that, that never really was there. It's a creation out of hope and fear, and it's a it's the way creation had the same way that uh, leaves come on trees. Uh, that same dependent origination creates that aspect of consciousness that goes to war with itself. So it's not wrong. There's like, oh, we've got to we've got to clarify everything so there's no more evil or there's no more negativity. Nah, that's not. So there's nothing to lose. That's losing the war. You have nothing to lose. There isn't any. There isn't anything. There isn't anyone. And you could say, or we could, anyone could say, well, I'm alive. I could lose my life. Isn't that, yeah. If that's all you were, it's just a living, just a, a person, just a woman who was, who was living and who was young and healthy. And all of a sudden you, yeah, you would, there would be a loss happening there, but the fundamental situation can't be interfered with because it needs something else to interfere with it. And this, this, uh, we're at very low level understanding of this and uh, as earth beings. I'm chuckling because I, it's like we're all in a we're all in a in a um, what's it called in the house that one room that everybody wants to be in the playroom <laughs> where all the toys are. That's where we're at. I'm not saying we don't hit each other with our toys or explode them. That's what I used to do. Burn them up in the middle of the room. I was quite angry when I was eight. But it's a huge, huge, vast spaciousness that is, goes on. As I sometimes say, you want to see some contrast besides uh, sitting down, holding still and watching what happens in your mind, uh, looking at the wall. Go out and look at the ground and then look up. This is called Vipassana, panoramic awareness. You see the dirt, and that's that gives you the simplicity. Then this gives you the vastness of, of what is a, you could call it in a relative sense, the possibility of what else, what else that is also not separate. Which one of you has the most important question? I know it's not you. Okay, go down. <laughs> <laughs> how can we see the? You're talking about the vastness of things, and how can we see the, the bigger uh, picture if we're embodied in the context of the six senses? We just continue. Yeah. You you get a clue to it if you just look at the nature of the mind and see that the mind is not is not there's no container for the mind. We, we assume, we presume that it's, well, it's our brain. People even refer to their mind as their brain. 
it's because they just can't stand to not have a location for who they are. So they, they shrink down into, oh, I'm me, and these are my arms, and this is my hand. And it's not that that isn't true relatively, but who you are fundamentally can't be found or even contained if it were found but it will shrink down into something if it's threatened or shrink down into something if there's some kind of hope for something else or shrink down into something temporarily in order to function as a, a bodhisattva, be with all things, take whatever form is necessary to save all beings. And that's unlimited, yes. A question from Joseph in Kalamazoo. Joseph. I tell my Spanish students that I test them for three reasons. Feedback for them, feedback for me, and as a form of direct instruction. Is there testing without meddling? Yeah, there is. Yeah, don't score their papers. Feedback, pres uh, the presumption of feedback based on what you think feedback is and what kind of feedback would be fundamentally, fundamentally be helpful for each person is going to be quite a bit different. If you just do it as this is the easiest way to just score the papers. This is an A, this is a B, this is a C, or this is 100%, 98% based on right and wrong, right and wrong. It's not that that isn't, it doesn't, it isn't somehow efficient. Of course it is. But if you're, if you're really interested in fundamentally helping people, probably not a good idea to go that way because you, there are people who need another kind of support and you lose them and you not only lose them, but uh, because you're not separate fundamentally, uh, they lose you, they lose you in, in, in the sense of being a, a more separation, exaggerating the separation based on wanting to control it, wanting to know well, who's good, well, who's really, um, who's really good at remembering or who's really good at understanding uh, the grammar, the structure of things. And who's, who's, who needs a lot of work in that area. So we, we localize it, we bring it down to, just like we bring them down to bring it down to classrooms. This is a biology 101 and uh, math. It's not that you shouldn't divide it up some, but it's divided up more about control and, and trying to evaluate people rather than actually fundamentally, what, educating them. Educating, just breaking things off here. We're just gonna educate your elbow, that's it. Everything else is on its own. Unless you go to private school, then you can get other kinds of education. I'm not, I'm being somewhat silly, but I'm also saying it's just something that is, we just accept our whole system. Not a good yeah. idea. Have you met people with PhDs that, that, that you uh, uh, are not quite as intelligent as the PhD would suggest in the very field that, that you happen to be familiar with? Or maybe not. We all know about this. It's all over the place. I'm not here to criticize any of you PhD holders. So, But questions about this are good if you have them. I'm happy to go whatever direction the questions take us. Shoka. Sure, yes. first, then we'll go to Shoka. Go ahead. Um, with your title, Fear-Based Authority, I can't help but think of our kind of chaotic political system. 
so how can we know what the truth is to protect what's vulnerable? So the causes and conditions that are arising in our culture, in our society, or this has been happening for what centuries and millennia and just warfare, warfare, as I sometimes go back to different wars in history, it's the same, uh, same, same thing, different costumes, different, just war. So the way we do this is we start where we're at and we train our mind so that we as individual human beings, when we go out and enter uh, mixed with our family, with our friends, with our Sangha, with our community, that we don't add to the chaos that is already there. So keep it very simple. Yes. But if you have disparate groups that are claiming truth and a reality that differs radically, how can how can we function? We not we might not be able to. It might, it might all come apart. The relative situation might might come apart. It's not looking particularly good. even weather-wise, let alone all of the other things, just the weather, the ignorance of that based on, on the greed of people wanting to keep making money, which is what it looks. I don't know what it is fundamentally. The greed, just, just not putting others before ourselves, not really being considerate and communicating, cooperating and collaborating with others to have a, have a clean living room, which we don't really have. We have kind of a messy living room but we don't collaborate much. We communicate a lot, but we haven't gotten to the collaboration part. We're getting there, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> so you're not gonna have, I'm using that metaphor of, a, of the world for a living room is that you, we've got there's too much argument going on in the, in, the, in the playroom. And so if you're one of the people in the playroom, which you are, you're in the world, train your mind and, and don't, don't train anybody else's mind. Don't recommend that anybody train their mind or meditate unless they ask you. Just do it by, you could say, what's the traditional way? Do it by example. They notice that every now and then you bail out of the causes and conditions that are happening in most people's lives and you used to go sit down and face the wall. Let them project onto you that you're going to turn into a vegetable uh, or whatever they want to, but they have no idea uh, what you're doing. But train your, train your mind because there isn't any other way to because the, the 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 cascade or the tsunami of relative truth showing up as what the world is already has its has an incredible karma behind it pushing and pulling and pushing and pulling and just like our own lifetime has an incredible amount of all the lifetimes you've lived is showing up right here not as content so much but as energy and force you wouldn't, uh, this is not romantic or magical thinking, but you wouldn't be here if you hadn't, if you hadn't seen this, you hadn't heard this kind of a understanding of this kind of teaching long time ago, not this lifetime and not particularly another lifetime. I don't know if there's lots of lifetimes. I just know that what we are, are actually can't be stopped, can't be impeded, but it can be uh, delayed <laughs> by getting hung up in what? forms, 
right form, wrong form. Consciousness always finds its own form. Might take a while. Shoka, do you still have that question or did you forget? I have another question. In other words, you forgot that one? No, no, it's coming back. Um, <laughs> okay. Shoka, um, when we're talking about an academy or a way of educating people, yes. can you educate people individually within a group setting? That's the only way you can educate them. Everything else is control. There might be a lot of uh, ABCs in the middle of it, but it's about control. To educate someone is to liberate them. Don't quote me. Well, I guess you could. Liberating, liberating them, helping them, liberating them from ignorance. You're helping them where they're at. And everyone's form of shutting down is different. So just to give everybody a blank thing, it's, to, it's just to bring them away from, from the totality of their life into some kind of specific situation where you're just going to say, uh, memorize this, memorize this, and then I'm going to ask you uh, in a week and see if you memorize those. And if you have, then you get an A. I'm simplifying, of course, but I'm. But it also goes in other directions where you're asked to write a whole paper on something because there are certain standards that are set up that you have to meet. That if you meet them, then you're you're learning, you're educated. Go ahead, Shoko. So when you talk about uh, a Buddhist academy or a Buddhist school, is that school different from or structured differently than the monastery? Yeah, it wouldn't be a monastery. It would be an aspect. It would be a, a something else, uh, but it wouldn't be just a monastery. But how that how that shows up could be just the opposite of what I'm telling you right now. I have no idea because I don't plan. I mean, if you ask me a question, I'm probably going to say what's showing up now. But uh, if you ask me, say, three weeks or three months or three years, uh, we start to do it a different way. And suddenly, uh, you know, it's kindergarten in the Zendo. And you said, I thought you said, I thought you said that we weren't going to. And I would say I changed my mind. I learned that from, uh, from Joe Gyum Trungpa. <laughs> when his students would put him on the spot, he would just say, I changed my mind. Any further questions? Yeah. Shogabang. Yes. How can you help liberate people through education? Get them to look at their chains. Get get them to look at the at the at their concepts, their opinions, the prison bars of their of their uh, afflictions of their hope and their fear and their doubts. Get them to look at them rather than uh, write uh, uh, commentaries about it. The about situation looks like education because you know about that. But what happens is the, is the consciousness that is endeavoring to find its own form is trapped by the convictions based on hope and fear based and, and, and shows up as passion, aggression, and ignorance, simply put. And, and that, that particular thing will continue 
continue until we see that there's no self and no other. You actually have to see it. You have to understand it. You have to know it. And that's difficult because we have our expectations of what that would look like, which, which is a further uh, more uh, uh, wall to the mind. Because how that looks is how that looks uh, to the, the, the imaginary nature is a certain way, but how that looks to wisdom is nothing's happened. Nothing changes. And the ego mind uh, doesn't, doesn't, uh, it, it still, it, it uh, resurfaces as its own reality. In other words, it doesn't, it doesn't realize that it's, um, it's done for. It's imaginary. It's untrue. There, there is no separate being in this consciousness. There's no separate being anywhere. There's even, even uh, aliens are not separate beings. It's just consciousness finding its own form. Someone passing away is just, I'm sure they're quite astonished that the body went away and here they are, consciousness, finding its own form. But is there one more question on uh, Zoom? We haven't had many questions out there in TV land. Anna Maria Bowing. Yes, Anna Maria. Go ahead. Um, how, how is testing different than training that involves um, sort of spot checking or toward more evolved and deeper exploration of something? Okay, well, some of that, so I'm not going to get rid of uh, testing or evaluating. Oh, I'm not saying get rid of it, but there's, I'm just saying there's so much emphasis on it. That whole criterion is there instead of meeting people where they're at. And some people don't, they don't need to be dealing with the, uh, that testing situation. They, they tend to, they tend to, as what's the, the common metaphor, they fall through the, they fall through the grate, they fall through the cracks. So they're, so we're just, the people are getting educated are just the ones who are able to test. Okay. So that's, that's what, that's what I'm working. I'm not saying you're going to do away with that. There might be something like that, but it would not be given the emphasis of right and wrong, up and down, success and failure, uh, graduation or failure that it is now. So a little bit, but do it with the awareness, with the consciousness about fun, make sure the, the motivation is to help the person, not to set up a barrier that they have to hammer through with their brilliance. Because people can invent brilliance that, and it will show up as information instead of actual clear understanding. Go ahead, Anna Maria. Um, Anna Maria Bowing, is the danger of testing um, based on what we're using it for, um, which is to label or categorize rather than actually expand on something? Uh, somewhat. It's, uh, it, it is about controlling and, you know, we can't. If you have uh, 25 students and they're all learning a particular thing, um, you have to, our, our, our country is crazy about this, testing everybody, making sure that people are getting an education. They're actually covering up, <laughs> covering it up with their uh, control uh, uh, models of, of trying to control everything. So a little bit of that. And so what you're saying there is, uh, yeah, you're, you're, cutting, you're cutting into the, the actual creativity of that process. Uh, rather than just, you know, shrinking it down. There might, some people might need to really lurk, work with those forms. And they could be in the same, under the same instructor, teacher, whatever. But people need to be met where they're at, not dragged around through their, through their uh, lack of thinking of uh, 
lack of what you think they should have or need. Now, there's a great book, if you have the time, uh, this is not about what I'm talking about, but it's the one that started me thinking about education that I read by A.S. Neal that, that showed up back in the 60s called Summerhill. And he did, he went the other direction and completely let children just do whatever they wanted. And then, then noted how they, they eventually will come around and decide on what they want to do and they'll go get the training for it. I think one, uh, one child there, one young person, uh, did, didn't do anything but play war and build tree huts until they were like 16. And then they, they found something they wanted to do and they went and got the training for it and passed all the tests and so on. Just a kind of an idealized version of it, but it was, a, it was interesting that his uh, attitude, I don't know if whatever happened to him, but his attitude then was a, a pretty revolutionary summer hill. Thank you. penetrate into all places so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. <laughs> 